0: well did you come to receive tonight all right good hallelujah we're um uh been on the midweek services at least uh when i'm speaking i've been working on a uh being stress-free amen hallelujah i mean, you know we should be stress-free you know not only were you not designed to carry stress. Uh, As a child of God, you shouldn't even have it around you, amen? Come on now. But uh, you know as well as I do, we've all dealt with it, and probably all still to some degree deal with it here or there. And and so uh, earlier on, you know, beginning of the year, the Lord just kind of started talking to me about, you know, stress-free living, and and so I've been just kind of every week, at least that I'm up here on midweeks, been kind of coming at it from different angles. And so let's go to uh, at least the verse that I've been kind of kicking off with is uh, 2 Timothy 3, verse 1. <clears throat> and it says, but know this, look at your neighbor and say, you got to know something. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. you got to know it, right? Amen, it's out there. So know this, that in the last days, or as the days progress, amen, that's kind of what it's referring to. Uh, how many know the days are progressing? And we could even say we're in the last days. Of course, they've probably been talking that now for 100 years. Hello, somebody. But we are in those days. And it just says, you know, as those days progress, perilous times will come. Now, that word perilous uh, means everything from difficult and fierce and ferocious to times of stress. In fact, my cross-reference, maybe yours too, might say uh, times of stress or days of stress. Amen. And uh, it, it, when you when you break it down, here's what the definition is: reducing the strength of, or to reduce one's strength. Um, so perilous times or stress. If you really stop and think about stress, that's exactly what it does. Anytime you get stressed out, it's just it's breaking you down, okay? And it'll just zap the strength right out of you. It'll take it'll take the energy and strength right out of you. And so uh, that's exactly right. And so he goes on to say, and I'm I'm actually today I'm actually going to read through. Uh, some of this today. Now, we six months ago we took the time and defined all of this, uh, but there's something I want to pull out of it for tonight to kind of kick off where we're going tonight. Okay, so let's. Uh, so it says, "For men will be uh, men." Verse two: Men will be lovers of themselves, and that's kind of how it starts. And really, as we kind of as we took the time and broke this all down, we found out that really what what it, what it's all about. when you talk about stress, stress comes from really two basic things, and that is, uh, you know, being self-striving or self-serving. You know, when it's all about you, self-serving, or all, or all about your strength, or all about your ability to get something done, self, self-striving, uh, that's when stress comes, and it's just inevitable. And so uh, I believe what he did for a couple verses here is he begins then to kind of define the different things that you might do to be self-serving or self-striving, either or or both, Okay. And so then he says, men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. And again, we defined all of this several months back. Uh, unthankful, unholy, unloving, a lot of uns here, unforgiving, uh, slanderers, uh, without self-control, brutal, uh, despisers of good, traitors, headlong, haughty, lovers of pleasure. Here we go, rather than lovers of God, okay? Okay. And uh, really, we can uh, we can break down break this down uh, in just maybe my way of doing it. Uh, but uh, we're called, uh, you know, to be lovers of God. How many know that to be true, right? Uh, and but the problem that happens is um, men, in like beginning of verse two, men will be lovers of themselves, and we can break it all down rather than lovers of God. I just bypassed all them words. Hallelujah. And most of them ain't none of them good, and uh, as I said, uh, we, you know, six months ago we took the time and uh, dissected every one of those words and what they all meant and how they become in our lives either self-serving or self-striving, and that's what we did with that. So today, though, I'm, I'm looking at this thing about uh, being, uh, you know, the difference between being a lover of oneself or a lover of God, amen? Uh, let's read the, the verse 5, I'll go ahead, we'll throw that up there, Kathy. Uh, and then I'm going to, because that's something we might actually kind of, in the end of this thing, we're going to kind of th- th- come off of something here on this, too. <clears throat> when I, so Second uh, Timothy 3, so it will be chapter 3, verse 5. I'm sorry, Kathy. Chapter 3, verse 5. Let me read it. It says, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such uh, people turn away. In other words, steer clear. Uh, really, to be honest, a form of godliness is just being lukewarm or religious. Come on, somebody. I mean, know oh, God didn't make you religious. Come on. You know, God didn't make you religious. He, you know, it's, it's about a relationship. It's about, you know, drawing from him, not about being religious. It ain't about a bunch of form, a bunch of do's and don'ts. Amen. But it is about uh, walking in the power of God. And so he's talking about those that are not walking in the love of God or, or pardon me, walking in a love for God. Uh, they might have a form of godliness. Because remember, he's talking to the church. Am I right? You know, I mean, sometimes we forget about that. We read that and we think, ah, oh, that's right, I have that world, they're, oh, they're so unthankful, so unholy, so unforgiving. Come on, so unloving. But he's talking to the church, okay? And so he's just saying that what happens, see, then, you know, when you're more of a, a love of, of oneself and more in love with oneself than you are a lover of God, well, it's probably the only way that can happen is that we have a form of godliness, you know? Okay, we might show up to church once in a while. We might say, you know, hallelujah once in a while, raise our hand once in a while. But how many know it's not about having a form of godliness? Amen. It's not about, you know, it's, it's not about, it's about being real. Come on now. Everybody say real. It's about being genuine. Come on. So that's that's kind of key here. All right. And it says, uh, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Amen. And from such people, uh, steer clear or turn away from. Amen. So it's just, you know, we don't we don't want to be that. I, I'm not here to make anybody religious. I am here, though, to uh, point you toward uh, a deeper relationship with the Lord. Come on, somebody. Not just to give you a bunch more do's and don'ts. Come on now. And uh, so let's back up here. So again, verse 2, uh, you know, talking about lovers of themselves. Uh, I think my translation says, uh, maybe it says that, lovers of. Uh, yep, of themselves, that one's, yeah, same thing, lovers of themselves or oneself. So, uh, everybody say uh, a lover of God, hallelujah. So, we're called to be uh, a lover of God, right? So, not a lover of self, but, amen, rather a lover of God. Okay, so let's let's take a look at this just real quick because where we're going to spin off. Now, the word um, uh, lover of oneself is actually one word, philatos, uh, uh, okay, it's, comes from the Greek word uh, uh, phileo, which is the word phileo love. There's many different words for love, uh, one, of course, being agape, the God kind of love. Phileo love, uh, which is broke down, it means basically affection towards one, uh, warm friendship. Uh, it's usually based on something mutual, some mu- mutual satisfaction. Uh, a lot of times when you kind of look at phileo love, it's more on a uh, conditional basis, whereas agape is going to be more about an unconditional love. Now, this is all, you know, this is all, uh, you know, when you start talking about, you know, a lover of themselves rather than, and down to verse 4, if you will, please. Thank you, Kathy. Uh, So, verse 4, rather than, what, a lover of God. Now, that, too, is just one Greek word, okay? And so, that Greek word there is uh, phileios, okay? So, again, coming from the Greek word phileo, and then, of course, theos, being God, uh, but it's one Greek word. Now, phileios and play Othios, okay, Othios, there we go, Uh, both of them, okay, one being, you know, affectionate toward oneself or affectionate toward God, okay? Now, when you break down affection, uh, you know, it's based on time and attentions given. So when one says they're affectionate uh, toward somebody, you know, hopefully, you uh, you know, a husband, wife, be affectionate. Uh, you know, maybe a, a, a parent and a child, affectionate. You know, two people in love. You know, there, there's affection there. Come on, what determines affection? Now, listen. This all this all deals with. This all heads somewhere, okay? Because we're talking about being a lover of God and not a lover of self, okay? Right? right? And 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 you would think maybe it would it would use the word you know the God kind of love, but no. He's talking about just rather being affectionate. Toward God, rather than just affectionate toward yourself. Okay, so it's it, affections based on time and attention given. That's the only way you can determine it. I mean, if I never touch my wife, never you know, never communicate, never hug, never anything, okay, she ain't gonna go around saying, "Well, he's so
1: affectionate." It ain't gonna happen. Now, in most cases, I'm not a big hugger. I've gotten better over
0: the years. I mean, I'm serious. I mean, most of the time I'm not. I, I do like to make connection and and stuff. And there's been a few people come up and give me a good old, you know, strong hug, and they might feel a little bristle. But my wife, I just melt. You know? She hugs me, I melt. She touches me, I melt, you know? And uh, so, uh, you know, but... You know, what determines affection then is going to be based on two major things, a time and attention. So what God's asking for is for you to give him time and attention. How about that? It's not hard, you know. Um, You know, he could have used agapeo in here, which just means a committed love, Um, you know, because there are some places, you know, like, of course, Mark 12, uh, you know, talks about, uh, you know, loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Uh, that word there, loving God with all your heart, that's, that's uh, agapeo, okay, which means committed love, a dedicated love. Amen. So, you know, we're not taken away from that. But here he's dealing with just the fact that, uh, remember now, we're dealing with stressful times. We're dealing with the removal of a stress-filled life to move into a stress-free life. He says that's going to be hinged on something. Time and energies, you know, toward oneself or time and energies toward him. That just makes a huge difference, okay? When it's all about you, then this whole ugly list of words that's in verse 2, 3, and 4 here, all them words come out when it's all about you giving time and attention just to you. And then it just stirs up uh, self uh, you know, striving and self-serving. Because it's all about you. And just just for whatever it's worth, you know, where where you give your time and attention, that's where your heart is. Okay, so time and attention just is just that, some time and some attention. And all God's asking for is give him time and give him attention. Okay, so, you know, whether we're talking about you know, well, probably all we could, you know, definitely including everything here about your time with God on a daily basis. There should be time spent with God on a daily basis. If you want to live a stress-free life, it's going to have to be that you're spending time on a daily basis with God somewhere. Whether we're talking about in the Word or we're talking about communing with Him in fellowship, or probably both, actually. Uh, You know, time in the house of God. Come on, somebody. You know, time in worship, time and you know, just meditating the Word. You could be just Sitting somewhere, and you just, man, you're just meditating on a verse or something. And what, what's all happening? That whole time you're giving time and you're giving attention. And the more you give time and attention toward God, that makes you a lover of God. Still with me? And the more time and attention you give God, probably, and you know, in all uh, reality, if I can use that word, I maybe use it loosely, uh, that means less time and attention toward you. Now, God has you on His mind. God has your back. Come on, somebody. And the more time and attention you give Him, the more time and attention you receive because you're sowing that. You just, just, you know, just a thought. But you just have to understand: is God's got your back. See, a lot of times we we put more time and attention towards self, and then we, you know, then we start thinking, you know, if I don't do this myself, it ain't gonna get done. Or if I don't, you know, take care of number one, nobody else will, you know. And that's just that's a life in the pit of hell. That's what the enemy wants you to think. Now, I know I'm talking to a Wednesday night crew. Come on. So that's what the enemy wants you to think. All right. But, uh, you know, God has your back. And so it pays. I said it pays. Let's try it one more time. It pays to give time and attention to God, to be a lover of God. Can I hear a big amen? Okay, so are you with me? Okay, praise the Lord. All right. So, time and attention. All right. All right. Uh, all right. Here's a um I don't know, I don't know if I've ever used this or not. I just thought I threw it in here, but the acronym for stress is someone
1: tried repairing every situation solo. Someone tried repairing
0: every situation solo. You know, that's that self-striving, you know, self Driving, self-serving thing, you know, you're just trying to fix everything yourself. and said, oh, wait a minute, stop. Give more attention to God, more time to God. And that stuff, you'd be amazed at the majority of the stuff that we strive to fix uh, gets fixed on its own. Or somehow God does something and causes that thing to turn around. Amen. And uh, all of a sudden uh, the thing that uh, wanted to steal your attention is no longer a problem. Anyway, all right. So what we're going to do today we're going to talk some about this, this time and attention toward uh, the Lord and uh, last week remember we talked about that, that divine connection or that personal connection with God or, or last time I talked, I guess that was two weeks ago and, uh, and we used uh, for illustration we came out of Luke and we talked about Matthew or probably Martha and, and uh, Mary and the difference there and what happened you know when Martha got all caught up and got her uh, got distracted, come on somebody, and how many you know she even got distracted doing good things? It wasn't like she was, you know, back in the kitchen, you know, cussing out and bawling out somebody, come on somebody, it wasn't like she was in the kitchen, you know, you know, doing things she shouldn't be doing, I mean, she was in there just trying to help and serve and trying to get things ready for, you know, for a meal or whatever it was, And but the problem was she uh, she started giving more time and attention to, come on, her own agenda here instead of, uh, instead of uh, you know being in the other room like she should be, like Mary did. Mary chose that good part. Remember that? Are we doing okay? Okay, so what we're going to do today, though, is I'm going to talk about this man named Joshua a little bit, Joshua and Moses, and uh, we're going to go to Exodus uh, chapter 33, please, um, Exodus 33, and just kind of just try to glean some things out of uh, these two men, uh, some things about uh, where they're their, uh, – relationship was with God, and uh, talking about, again, about time and attention given, in other words, being a uh, you know phileo lover of God, right, a companion, a friend, uh, you know, one given affection and attention toward God, amen, and remember, the whole thing in context, dealing with stress, amen, overcoming stressful things, I said overcoming stressful things, living a stress-free life. All right, so what we have here in Exodus, let me get to it here. Exodus thirty-three, hallelujah, and we're going to verse seven. And uh, what we got here, let's just go ahead. Moses took his tent. Now, what really what happened? Um, Moses moved his tent to the outside of the camp because he was he was pretty much upset with the children of Israel about some things, and he just you know got to that place where I just I don't want to be around you, I guess. And so he took his tent. And uh, he pitched it outside the camp, uh, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. Okay. Everybody say tabernacle of meeting. Okay. Now, this just means a covering or a dwelling here. And it says, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone, everybody say everyone. Okay. Everyone who sought the Lord, okay, everyone who was going to seek the Lord uh, went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. Everybody say, outside the camp. Okay, so, and everyone, everybody say, everyone. See, everybody Everybody was welcome. I said, everybody was welcome, all right? Now, we've talked about some of these things before here and there, touched on them here and there, but uh, today we're reading it, all right? So, uh, they. Uh, everyone was welcome to go out to the tent of meeting, okay, and, and commune with God, all right? So it was, verse 8, Whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, that all the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle, all right? And probably, you know, just out of respect, okay, Moses goes in and they all just kind of stand at the end of their, uh, their doorway. But remember, all were welcome. I said all were welcome, okay, but they decided to stand at their door. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud Descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And maybe that could be it. Maybe they saw that and thought, you know what, maybe I'm not welcome or something. I don't know what they were thinking. But they were welcome. Okay, we're going to see here in a minute that that they were. And the Lord talked with Moses. Okay. And the people saw the pillar of clouds uh, standing at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose and worshiped, each man in his tent door. All right. Everybody say tent door. Their own tent door. Okay. All right. Okay, in his tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses, okay, face to face. Everybody say face to face. You know, it says, as, as a man would speak to his friend. God still wants to do that, by the way. Come on, right? The word friend just means a close companion, uh, a close associate, you know, uh, a close partner, okay? Uh, you know, so a friend, okay? So as a man speaks to his friend, and it said, and he would return to the camp. But, everybody say but, but his servant Joshua, okay, the son of Nun here, the uh, young man just still declaring it, this this Joshua did not depart from the tabernacle. Now, he had a family too and everything, but he he, he decided, you know what, if we can hang out here, that's where I'm going to hang out. (laughs) Everybody say time and attention. Amen. Time and attention. And uh, so... Uh, Obviously, others could have been there, um, but Joshua decided, you know, he was there. He obviously must have been right there when all this was happening, when Moses was communicating with with God. Joshua was there. I said Joshua was there. All right. Uh, Let's take a look at some things here. Um, Just uh, for whatever whatever it's worth here, um, Moses means uh, the word Moses or the name Moses means a drawing out. A rescuer, or deliverer, okay? So, uh, you know, it could be, you know, they drew him out of the water. That's maybe how they got the name. But it means to draw out. Uh, but it, it's, it's because of who he was. He was the rescuer or the deliverer, one drawing the people of Israel out of bondage. Come on, out of the house of bondage. Amen. Unto him, all right? So that's who Moses is, right? Come on now, work with me. Okay, there's, just, just, there's just so much types and shadows here in this stuff. Okay, Joshua means uh, Savior or Jehovah saves. In fact, the word Joshua the is sometimes pronounced Yeshua. Okay, so Joshua, okay, as we normally refer to it as, uh, meaning Jehovah saves. Now, not just delivers, but he saves. Come on, just it's just a thought. Okay, remember Moses delivered the people, but come on, Joshua took him into the Promised Land. Alright? So there's a, there's a big difference. Alright? And uh, now the reason that Moses couldn't, because Moses blew his
1: cool. More than once. And probably, to be honest, maybe
0: the tent of meeting being moved outside the, tent, outside the camp might have been, come out of that same kind of mentality, or, or mindset, or attitude, however you want to word it. it doesn't say that, but we do know he was upset with them because this is shortly after he comes down, and they're all worshiping a golden idol. And come on, somebody, okay? And it, it, you know, it bothered him obviously. And uh, so, uh, anyway, let's let's take it now. Let's back up into Exodus into twenty-four. Exodus twenty-four, please.
1: <clears throat> and what we have, of course, is. Uh, Uh, Exodus 24, and uh, we'll go to verse 12, and it'll kind uh, of you know, make sense here.
0: It says then the Lord said to Moses, "Come up to me on the mountain and and be there, and I will give you tablets of stone, okay, and the law and commandments which I have written, that you may teach them." So Moses arose. With who? With his assistant, Joshua. And Moses went up to the Mount of God, right? So obviously Joshua and and Moses are both going up here. And he said to the elders, wait here. In other words, all these other important people, but you're going to just stay here and uh, wait here for us. Everybody say us. Until we, everybody say we. Okay, so who's the we and who's the us? Come on, this ain't no trick question. Moses and Joshua, okay, so they they're heading up, okay, okay, and uh, we will come back to you. Indeed, Aaron and her are with you, okay, and uh, with the rest of the people down there. He says, and if anyone has a difficulty, then they go to them. Okay, you go take your business to them. So then Moses went up into the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. Uh, now the glory of the Lord restored, or probably rested on the mount on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now, you know, it takes some patience, wouldn't it? I don't know, just I mean, sometimes, you know, we you know, we get kind of Hollywoodized and you know, we think about, you know, you know Charlton Heston, you know, heading up the mountain. Come on. And uh, you know, for those that don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the Ten Commandments movie, amen. They did a pretty good job of it and up to the mount, talks with God, and, and you know it all. Kind of, you know, like it you know, takes a you know an hour or so, and he's back down with the tablets, and it all you know. But how many know uh, he's up there forty days? Come on, and he was up there seven days, standing in, a, in the midst of a cloud, uh, six days, not hearing a thing. Come on now.
1: Now, just trying to let you know that I don't, I don't think he was standing there alone, though.
0: You're all open to your own opinions about it. and uh, uh, But anyway, so on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud, uh, said the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire. Now, one place, uh, I believe it's Ezekiel, says that God is a, an all-consuming fire, a fire from the loins up and fire from the loins down. It was just the glory of God was so bright and uh, uh, the, uh, you know, the manifestation of, of all his attributes so, you know, that glory was so bright, it looked, looked like somebody being ablaze. okay? And I'm sure that's how that, the only way they, can, they could describe it, okay? So it was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in, in the eyes of the children of Israel. In other words, they could see it too, obviously. Is that what, how you read that? So well, they even saw it from down there, saw something, right? So Moses went to the midst of the cloud, okay, and went up into the mountain. So he went a little bit further up in there. And Moses was on the mountain forty days and forty nights. Okay, all right. Now Joshua didn't go down. Now, may, I'm obviously here. They separated themselves. Probably, obviously here somewhere. There, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe he did go up a little ways further up into that cloud and left Joshua at the edge of it or something. I don't know. But but anyway, so we have chapter twenty-five, chapter twenty-six chapter twenty seven
1: chapter twenty eight chapter twenty nine chapter thirty chapter thirty
0: one and we get into chapter thirty two and what we have is God's communicating with him the whole time he's up there about different things okay and of course the uh, makes the tablets comes down, you know, with that. But anyway, uh, so anyway, let's go to uh, we're in chapter thirty-two. Let's go to like verse. I don't know. Did I give you like verse fifteen? Is that what I did? Yep, verse fifteen. And it said, and Moses turned and went down from the mountain. Okay, so we we sped read through all of them chapters. You good with that. Okay, the ideas were saying, you know, he goes up. There's two men that go up. Everybody else stays down. Things are happening up there. And now it says here, Moses turned went down from the mountain, and the two tablets of the testimony, there was the, the Ten Commandments in his hand, right, were in his hand. And the tablets were written on both sides, uh, on uh, the one side and on the other. They were written. Uh, now the tablets were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablet. So just we just know what it is, right? And when Joshua heard the noise, excuse me, obviously Joshua was right there. Again, we don't know how far of a distance it was between them. There could have been, you know, 100 yards between them or something, or it could have been half a mile. I mean, I don't know, but, uh, or it could have just been a few steps. Are you still with me? So he turns to go down, and obviously Joshua's still, I don't know, you know,
1: I, I don't know. 40 days? It's just just a thought,
0: but you know, you think about forty days. You know, some you know some of us, you know, just, if God said you have to wait forty days for your breakthrough or something, we'd go what? And we have a you know a nice warm bed at night, and come on somebody, and you know we could drive, go through the drive through over here and the drive through over there every day if we wanted to, and you know and, you know come on somebody, and you know fill our forty days the time you know with all kinds of things. Uh, he's, they're up on a mountain Moses standing in a cloud of course the glory of God is in the midst and Joshua is somewhere close somewhere there and 40 days I mean I must say something uh, it's, you know maybe it's just a thought I'm having but uh, it says something about the man and uh, about both men both great men All right. Um, so Joshua then says you know uh, there's you know the noise of you know something's going on there's shouting going on all right and they heard the noise of the people as they shouted and he said to Moses there's a noise of war in the camp that's what Joshua thought he was hearing but uh, how many know uh, uh, Moses said it is not the noise of, of the shout of victory or the noise of a cry of defeat but it's the sound of singing all right and uh, uh, well if you Read back up a little bit in that chapter, God told him already before he turned to head down. Uh, you better get down there. the people are out of control already, and they were down at the bottom of the hill. Come on, somebody, all together, come on with their families, and they couldn't they couldn't even keep their nose clean for forty days. Just a thought, right? I mean, I'm not here to condemn or beat up anybody it's just It's just a thought. Two men go up on the mount and uh you know they're up there. You know it doesn't say they. You know nobody brought take take out. I don't. Maybe I missed it, but I don't think so. I don't think the Pizza Hut delivered. Um,
1: you know. Uh, but, you know. Forty days. All right, forty days. All right, so.
0: Come back down the whole scenario that happens, and uh Moses you know then takes his tent, parks it outside the you know, outside the camp, and that's now the tent of meeting. God meets him there, talks to him face to face, and yet there must have been you know it said that Moses would go back into the camp and that Joshua would stay out there now i just it's just just the thought I'm having.
1: There's something about time and attention toward God. All right?
0: Now, Moses obviously gave some time, obviously gave some attention toward God, obviously. Um, But how many know, you know, Moses had multiple encounters, multiple deliverances that happened through and around him, but uh, Moses still operated with some frustration and turmoil.
1: And you know when you when you read the whole thing, I mean, you, you just can't hardly even blame him.
0: I mean, all the people issues, you know. Um, that's why sometimes people like to be alone. I don't want to deal with people. Come on, somebody. But people are God's highest commodity, and it's all about people. And uh, so when the the deliverer. The rescuer, come on, he's there to rescue and deliver. Come on, somebody. But what happens is he had these moments of frustration and turmoil and then stressing him out. Come on now. Because of what people did, what people said, how they respond, how they reacted, uh, what they didn't do that they should have done and what they did that they shouldn't have done and all those things. And so it creates these. Uh, this turmoil, and so in the end, it got him. Now I'm just, I'm just, you know, you can draw from it how you want to, um, but Joshua, uh, he was the one that actually took him into the Promised Land.
1: Kind of maintained his composure, his attitude. Come on. And we do have a moment
0: or two, even at later on, we might even see it here in a minute, but uh, where he, you know, he had a moment wondering why, you know, what happened, what God, you know, God, how God let him, thought God let him down, and God basically deals with him and realizes, you, know, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't him. But, uh, but anyway, uh, Joshua kept himself. Now, I'm just saying there was something about it, this man that when, when even Moses would leave the presence of God, Joshua would stay there. It just has to be something to be said about that.
1: Or it wouldn't mention it. It wouldn't matter.
0: There'd be no reason to put it in there. Okay? And it would, there'd be no reason putting in there that everybody was welcome. Everyone could have went out there and communed with God. And yet, only two men that we know of did. And that was Moses and Joshua. And yet, when Moses would leave and go in back into the camp, Joshua would stay. I'm just saying, right? All right, all right. So, Amen. Now, think about this, okay? Uh, now, let's let's think about Jesus, okay? How many believe Jesus had a successful ministry? I mean, that'd be an understatement, wouldn't it? But Jesus had a had a successful ministry. But what 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 really separated him? Uh, from you know let's even say the posse, okay, was the fact is time spent on a daily basis, on a consistent basis, time and attention given toward God. still with me? That's what sets him apart from anybody else, okay? So Jesus says, the same works that I do shall you do, amen, and greater works than these shall you do well how can he even say that? Well, the you know, whole thing in context, he's talking about the power of the Holy Ghost and leaning on the Spirit of God. And, 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 and so you, you have to understand that he's not saying in your own strength or in your own ability, amen. Now, with that said, uh, put, uh, let's put uh, John 5 and 30 up on the board. This is what Jesus said, okay? I can of myself. Now, this is Jesus. This is the Savior. This is the Son of God. This is our Lord, our Lord and Savior. He said, "I can of myself do nothing as I hear, I judge, I make I make my judgment call right. And my judgment is righteous. Why? Because I've heard it from God. God. God speaks and I do it. Amen. Because I do not seek my own will, everybody say my own will, my own will, I'm not seeking my own will but the will of the Father who sent me. So the point is, is that time spent with him, he realizes and recognizes that I can't of myself do nothing because when it's all about me, come on, that's when we're going to have trouble. So I, 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 that's why a lot of times he goes off to a deserted place, sends everybody else away. He goes off to a deserted place. Why? Because right here, I can't of myself do nothing. So we got many other verses through there, you know, in the course of chapter 5 and 6 and 7 and 8 in there. We've got all several verses in there dealing with the fact that, you know, as he hears, you know, he says, as he sees, he does. You know, these are just all, you know, so the, the bottom line is letting it be known that everything I do in my ministry, the only way the only reason it succeeds is time and attention
1: spent with the Father.
0: And then I hear. I see things, All right. The Father shows me things. All right. um, John 15, verse 5. Put that up on the board, if you will. And this is what Jesus said about you and me, right? I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. <laughs> now, the point being is it it's no different for you and me. Uh, we in ourselves can do nothing. I said we in ourselves can do nothing. Okay, now we think we can do quite a bit, but that's why you're stressed out all the time. That's why you're all you know, taken up and frustrated and and uh, you know, sometimes even overwhelmed and a- and angry and and uh, you know, and depressed and and you know, we're we're trying to do everything in our own strength and trying to take care of this and take care of that and when it goes, you know, Hallelujah, we have a happy moment, but when it doesn't quite go our way, we have a low moment. Come on, somebody. And you know, and then the whole thing about what's ahead tomorrow, what's ahead in the month, and we got this going, we got that going. What about the kids? What about the, you know, the the, the bills? What about work? What about this? And all those things begin pretty for before long. You're overwhelmed and you're stressed out. But you can of
1: yourself do nothing. Right. Okay, put uh, second Corinthians.
0: Chapter 3. Thank you. Are you still with me? Am I boring you tonight? All right. As we have such trust through Christ toward God. All right. Verse 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is what? From God, right? Okay, so let's. The word sufficiency. Just in case you know, we're not sure. Most everybody pretty much has an idea. "Pannos" is the Greek word. Um, it means uh, competent. In other words, um, we are we are not competent. I love that. We are not really in ourselves. We're not competent. Now, some people might argue that until you stress out. Uh, anyway, I'll leave that alone. But anyway, uh, so. Uh, the word "sufficient" also means fit or able, enough. And even you know, uh, we're not in ourselves enough. I thought that. I think that's a good way of saying it too. We are, you know, in ourselves we're not enough. I mean, you could do some great things. I mean, we, there's power, there's willpower, and a person in their own willpower. There's a lot of things that somebody could do because you've been made in the likeness of God and after His image. So there's certain things that you, you know, because in your own you know, it's amazing sometimes what a human being can do. But you're still not enough. Okay, right? Still not enough. Okay, uh, the old word also refers to being adequate or efficient. I like that even, even efficient. Adequate or efficient. Okay, you might be able to do some things, but sometimes
1: you're inefficient. So time and attention spent with him you can be efficient. Does that make sense? Now
0: I know Trudy talked some things last week about you know about hearing, you know, the God plan, hearing, you know, the leadings of God and following that a little bit. I know I'm kind of maybe summarizing it quite a bit. Um, I heard it was a great word. Amen. And uh, and so but where does where does that leading come from? Where does that insight come from? Where does that uh, you know that wisdom come from? Where does that know that sufficiency come from right not not a trick question is from god so what we're trying to do in this is bring you into a stress-free life and the way it works is by amen leaning on him here we go being a lover of god amen come on affection and in other words time and attention toward god giving god some time and that's when all of a sudden, that's when all the grace, right? That divine influence upon the heart, grace is there. Amen. Wisdom is there. Insights, opportunity, ideas. You know, I'm, I'm kind of spinning off this thing about even being efficient. See, you know, We can in ourselves. Maybe we can do a little bit, and you know, and we get a little bit done. But in God, pretty soon, all of a sudden, you get, you get a whole lot more done. And uh, so, you know, we are. See, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. And I think really is just a key, word, key key verse there, because you know, in all honesty, you know, you want to keep yourself stress-free. Just keep leaning on God. Amen. Come, come on now. But God's doing great things through you. And the, as the Bible says, you know, I can do all things what through Christ, which strengthens me. Amen. So. You know, it's again, he's not saying that you can do all things in your own ability. Amen. Now, it's, it's just uh, when you just think about, you know, Joshua, for some reason, kind of got a handle on it. And obviously, uh, he's the one that takes the children of Israel
1: into, into the promised land. You know, Joshua got he got he got ripped off. He got duped.
0: I mean, listen. They go in, they spy out the land. He's one of the two, you know, two of the twelve, you know, Joshua and Caleb. They come back and man, they were man, they were probably honored to get to go and and do what they did, and they come back all excited, thinking, Man, well, man, we're going in, we're gonna take the land. The land that, that God has promised us. We don't have to dig up wells and put up walls and build buildings. It's already ready for us.
1: Come on. God said that's your land. And so you're gonna get to go do all this. And then dinglings
0: decide they're gonna think on something they shouldn't be thinking on. And because of the words they say, they bring forth an evil report and it, it, it sways come on, it sways and as a result, or at least that's part of it is the only reason, but that's this, that's this kind of the major part of why they ended up wandering in a wilderness for forty years. So I'm talking about Joshua, okay, Joshua and Caleb now I, I don't know about Caleb Caleb just to me just appears to be kind of more of that gritty in your face, whatever you know I think it doesn't doesn't know name Caleb means dog or. Like a bulldog kind of, like, uh, kind of. And, uh, you know, that's why when he says, you know, it's kind of in Joshua's face, face later on, says, "Listen, Moses told me I can have that mountain. Give mountain. Messing around here. I might be, you know, I might be 80 years old, but I can take any young whippersnapper up on that mountain. I'm telling you right now, that's mine. There was just something about it. The word said he had a different spirit. <laughs> he had a different spirit. Anyway, so anyway, uh but Joshua, there's some about it that even though all of this has gone on and everything he'd been through, he understood that his sufficiency was from God. I don't know, maybe maybe, you know, you know, going up and being up on the mountain when that whole thing goes down or or, you know, maybe it was just the combination of of everything, you know, coming out of Egypt and seeing the miracles, and he just took it to heart, you know, maybe, you know, maybe everything had happened, you know, he just didn't lose sight of what God did for him, come on, and you know, you know, maybe it was a combination of many things, but all I know is, he was willing to give a little more time, a little more attention toward God, and as a result of it, he doesn't get overcome by the little things or the, even some big things that the people did. Come on. He allowed himself to not be taken over by it. Because maybe if he would have got all mad and been, you know, every other minute, you know, be flaring off, thinking, oh, these people. Come on. I don't know. I, I Chances are he might not have went into the promised land. But he got to go in the promised land. Are you still with me? Now, this this man Joshua
1: uh, you know, I believe um, that it's what set him up. This relationship he had with God is what set him up when he did go into the promised land. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but um,
0: basically, from that point, God is communicating directly with Joshua not really working through, you know, he's he's communicating with him just like he communicated with Moses, and uh, well, anyway, um, yeah, let's go there, let's let's go to uh, Joshua, let's go to the book of Joshua, chapter 1, let's do that, all right, let's look at this, now, as I brought out a minute ago, um, you know, Pastor Tree talking about, you know, hearing from God, and she even gave some illustrations in ways that you can move into the presence of God and get a word from God. And so I'm just uh, maybe in another way, coming at it at another angle, just saying with time and attention given to God, God will just start directing you and leading you and showing you things. Can I hear a big amen? Okay, so here we go. This is the eulogy of Moses. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua... Said, you know, uh, this is Moses' assistant saying, and of course, after that, it said Moses, my servant is dead, and that was it. And <laughs> just Moses is dead. Okay, so let's move on now. All right, so that was it. All right, that was all that was said about Moses. All right, all right. But anyway, verse one, it says, it just says, this is what we're just trying to take out of this, and that the Lord spoke Joshua. Did we get that? Well, just in case you didn't, let's look at a couple other verses. All right. Uh, chapter 3, please, chapter 3, verse 7, please, all right, and the Lord said to Joshua, okay, now in both places, every time you see it, that God's giving him insight, God's showing him what to do next, okay, and Joshua 1, he's telling him what you're going to do, this is what's going to happen, Moses is gone now, this is your job, this is what you got to do, and then this is the only way to keep yourself in check, he walked him through it, you do this, you do this, you keep the words coming out your mouth, keep the word going in your you know, in your heart and you 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 know you'll succeed at everything you'll do but you got to you got to stay strong stay committed stay locked on don't let come on right and you'll do this right Joshua 3 okay this day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel that they may know that as I was with Moses I will be with you now get ready they're going to go in now and they're going to cross over and take Jericho are you still with me verse 10 look at this verse chapter 3 verse 10 And Joshua said, by this you shall know uh, that the living God, um, are we in that right one? I think we're in the right one, right? And Joshua said, by this uh, you shall know that the living God is among you, that he will without fail drive out before the Canaanites and a bunch of otherites, okay? So the point being is that God communicated all this, amen. He's repeating what God said, amen. So God is communicating with Joshua, letting it be known, all right, good things are ahead, but we do have a fight on our hands. Come on, come on, there's a fight, but, but if you just stay with it, we're going to drive out all these other
1: ites, right? You know, the walk in God doesn't mean that every day's you know, peaches and cream
0: and, come on, roses and whatever else. I mean, it's, 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 it just means that in God, you can, no matter what you're dealing with, what you're facing, you can do it without stress because they just walk you through it. So they had they had a fight. Okay, they had they had fights ahead of them. All right, there's all these different places they had to go to 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 fight. Now, just just hang on. Okay, so uh, where are we at now? Verse, uh, oh, let's go to verse. uh, What chapter six? Is that what I gave you? Chapter six. Okay, and the Lord said to them. This is now they're over there uh, by Jericho. Okay, the Lord said to Joshua. So he's still talking to Joshua. See, I've given you Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of valor. Now. They they hadn't hadn't taken Jericho yet, but he's doing the same thing. Come on. Really, to be honest, he's doing the same thing that that he did for for Jesus. That every time he communicated, he would show him things, say things, lead. Come on. And show him things. See, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's King Jericho. And the mighty men of El they hadn't gone over there yet. The point is, I think somebody, think about this. Now, you know, you got this little warfare going on. God says we're going to take the land. The first, we're going to go up against Jericho. You know, we were, you know, that's, you know, that's kind of a fortified city. You know, I mean, the walls are big enough. They literally have chariot races on top of the walls, around the outside of the walls. And, you know, this isn't a little bitty city thing. This is, we're taking first, we're taking like, Like, we're taking the big boys right off the bat, you know. Come on. And so God gives him a game plan. And uh, so, you know, but he's settled. Now, why is he settled? I mean, you stop and you think about all this and you think, well, yeah, well, if God would talk to me. Listen, God wants to talk to you like that. That's the point. He wants to talk to all of us like that. He wants to show you that that thing you got ahead See, I've given that into your hands. It's a person, you're like, yeah, baby. So, I mean, you, it didn't happen yet, but you're like, uh-huh, that's mine. Uh-huh, right? Come on, right? But see, when, you, when time and attention spent, and that's what kind of comes out. Instead of you sitting here stressing for the next three weeks about that, you've already seen that he's given that into your hands. I'm just saying, but where does that come out of? That comes out of this, this time and attention spent toward God. Amen. And in the meantime, you live stress-free. Yeah, you got a fight ahead. Yeah, you got something to do. Amen. of course, that one, it was the, he said, that one's my fight. Right? That was the tithe of it all, and that one's my fight. And so he just says, I just want you to march around the city. You know, you're going to, for seven days, you know, you're going to, you, know, you know, for the first six, you're going to march around it, you know, one time each, each day. And, and, uh, and then on the seventh day, you're going to do it seven times. Joshua added, you got to read it, but Joshua added, ain't nobody going to say anything. Y'all going to shut your mouth and not talk. That's what Joshua said. You know why? Because Joshua was there with Moses. Come on. And so here's the deal. Ain't none of you talking because y'all get to talking. And come on. You know what I'm saying, right? And he was also, when they went in, the children, you know, when the spies all went in, come on, and ten, get to run in their mouth, come on. So, uh, you know, he's saying to himself, those ten would have just shut up. We would have went in 40 years earlier and took, took the land. Just a thought, okay. But Joshua, that's why he adds all that, you know. But anyway, so the, the Lord's talking to Joshua. Let's see, did I give you any more or not? I thought I did. Just, I mean, there's, there's about a dozen of them in, in the book of Joshua alone. Uh, verse, chapter 7, verse 10. So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? Now, what's, what's happening here? Does anybody know what's going on? In chapter 7, remember, they, they didn't consent or didn't consult God. They just, since they, Joshua, probably since uh, Jericho goes down, they assume then they send a few men in to get Ai and just take Ai out. How many know that they came back with their tail between their legs? So God, or probably what's happening here. Is Joshua is 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 not doesn't understand, okay? But he got it. He got it. So God says, "You get up, stop your whining, get off your face." Sin in the camp, and uh, you know, the pe- they didn't follow what I asked them to do. All right, and and you know, anyway, it's just it's just you know. So of course they deal with that, and of course then they go back. They take AI. Now the point I'm trying to make with all of this, even. Remember, he said that you, still got, you do have a fight in your hand. There's going to be things. You're going to have to go take the land. Um, and they took the, Jericho goes down. They get, their, you know, they get embarrassed at AI. But they turn around after they get it dealt with. They turn around, and they have 31 consecutive victories after that. All right? That doesn't mean they did everything perfect because, uh, I don't know, like, uh, let's see, what's the next one I gave you, Kathy? I, I didn't know if I gave you one or not. Not be afraid, dismaying all these people. That's when they go back and they get it, okay? Again, the Lord's talking to Joshua again. Verse, uh, let's go to the next one. Let's try, see what we got next here. Are you doing okay? All right, just, all right. So um, uh, I thought this was important. I, I brought this one up because this is when um, the Jebusites, they came and acted like they had come from a long distance. And again, um, I'm just trying to say, okay, they didn't communicate with God. And then what happened, they ended up going into covenant with these people that were basically the next city. Now, instead of having to take them out, take them out of the land, now they got to, because they made covenant with them, now they got to protect them. Point I'm just trying to make is, you know, the only two times they get in trouble, this whole, in the book of Joshua, is when they don't take the time and talk to God. Hint, hint. Okay, right, right, okay. So anyway, so Joshua, you know, oh, yeah, uh, again, I didn't talk to God, and now what happened? Okay, so the point is time and attention spent, and, and you won't have these stressful moments. Moses had multiple stressful moments, okay. Joshua had the one at Ai and this one here. They became kind of a stressful moment. And the only time you have stress is when you're not, the time and the energy is not, your time and attention is not going toward God. Are we okay? So this guy Joshua. Let's 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 maybe bring it home with this to the end of the book. Joshua twenty four. Let's do that. We can do that. Joshua twenty four. Okay. You all right. Glad you came out tonight. I'm glad you came out. Okay. Joshua twenty four. Um, this is basically Joshua's farewell speech, not that he's, you know, dying or anything, but he's, he's going to go now and live at his home and send everybody off to their home because basically now we've, we've got the land. It's all been divided out and all that kind of thing. So he says this. He's got this, this statement he's making to him. I've given you a land for which you do not labor and cities which you did not build, and you dwell in them, and uh, you eat of the vineyards and the olive uh, groves which you did not plant. Verse fourteen. Uh, now, therefore, fear the Lord, but it says to serve him, here we go, uh, in sincerity and in truth, okay, Three key words here, in sincerity and truth, and put away uh, the gods uh, which, your. now remember, he's talking to the rest of the children of Israel, put, and look at this, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river, and in Egypt, serve the Lord, makes it clear, verse 15, please, uh, and if it seems evil to you, in other words, if it's not, if it's not, if it's not, you know, too much to ask, come on. If it's not too inconvenient, come on, somebody. If somehow it just doesn't seem, you know, it seems like it's just too much to ask. He says, if it, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, well, you know, choose for yourself this day whom you'll serve. And uh, with the gods of your fathers, uh, you know, that they served. And on the other side of the river, again, he repeats himself, the gods of the Amorites. In other words, in the land where you dwell. In other words, if you pick up the gods that they, these people had. But as for me and my house, here we go. Right, right. This this phrase here—it's on plaques everywhere. It's on, you know, paintings. It's on. Come on, everybody knows this part. But as
1: for me and my house, we will serve the Lord.
0: Did I give you another verse?
1: No, I think I did.
0: Verse sixteen. And so the people answered and said, "Well, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord." Serve other gods. And you know if you know I, I think years ago I took the time and I went through that whole chapter, and Joshua addresses them three times in this chapter about
1: like I said before, <laughs> you're going to have to serve God.
0: You're going to have to give the time and the energy to God or you're going to end
1: up like your forefathers. They said, oh, we will not. He said,
0: like I said before. Because in all honesty, it's, it's accurate. When we don't give the time and the energy to God like we should, it's inevitable. We do everything in our own strength. It's inevitable. We, we, we try to take care of it and fix it ourselves. We try to handle everything
1: ourselves. It's inevitable that we, we backslide. <laughs> Nobody wants to admit they've backslidden,
0: but, uh, you know, and it just, it just literally means what it sounds like. You're sliding backwards because you're not, you're not putting the time and the attention. So what happens is you become now more of a lover of oneself. It's about your agenda. You're trying to handle it become self-serving, self-striving. Come on! Instead of rather being a lover of God, Amen. Giving time and attention toward God, and again, it's not even like God's demanding you to spend twenty-four-seven, you know, face-to-face with Him. He just says, "Would you just give me more time? Would you give me more attention? You know, would you just commune with me on a daily basis? Will you, will you meditate my Word a little bit, Amen?" Will you, will you come to the house and worship? Come on, somebody. You, I mean, these things here; these are things that God's trying to do. And and uh, so, if we back up real quick, because I wanted to kind of wrap it up with this, back up to verse thirteen, is it? Nope, verse fourteen. Thank you. He uh, he 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 put something in this that I think was necessary. Maybe we'll, I'll I'll send you home with this. Um, serve serve him in sincerity and in truth. Because in all honesty, if it's going to work, it's going to have to be in sincerity and in truth. Now, why is that? Well, the word sincerity means entire or whole, but it's referring to being genuine and and not not playing a facade or superficial. Come on. Being real and not religious. Maybe it's a today's term we could put. Um, sincerity is honest and being real about where you're at come on now listen listen i I'm, I'm telling you if if there's time and attention given toward God, these things you're going to find out where you're at in these things because if you're not really real about where you're at you, you just that's when you before long you're you know you're kind of deceived and, and then you end up in somewhere. You but you serve Him. There was time and attention. But think about this: the time and time, time and attention with God, you're going to find out how real you are. And I have just whatever it is for whatever it's worth. Um, you know, the more real time and real attention given toward God, where it's not just
1: not just a form of godliness. You know, it's like praying over your food. Sometimes I do this too because I've, I've been there. Father, bless this food, bless this thing to our use. Rub a dub dub, thanks for the grub. Yeah, Come on. Uh, you know,
0: maybe when we were uh, with kids, there was maybe sometimes they had a little prayer you did with the kids before they went to bed or something. Uh, for adults, a lot of times it's the Lord's Prayer.
1: <laughs> our Father, which I already the name of They don't. There's no life to it. There's no, no realness. It's just a thing
0: we do. Or just, we just kind of do. And he's talking about. Listen. Now we're not just talking about some facade here. We're not just talking about just some form, of uh, you know, godliness. But we want real power here. So you're going to have to have some sincerity. And it says in truth, and that word truth there, uh, it means literally a stability, or true to be. Okay, which means then uh, being anchored in, in other words, not only just saying what you believe, but you're true to what you believe. And that's what he's talking about in sincerity, being real and being true to what you say you believe. And if, you, if you're not going to do that, then it's inevitable. You're going you're gonna to be involved in things that, that your forefathers got involved in and got them all messed up. And so it, it comes down to this. I just thought I'd throw that in there because when we talk about, you know, time and attention given toward God, if you, if you do this being real and just open with God, you can, you can get so much done in a matter of a few minutes with God. You know, one word from God, I mean, your life's different. I mean, really, it's different, you know. And, uh, you know, Trudy, uh, one of the things she mentioned last week, you talked about some of the different ways of, of you, know, you know, positioning yourself in the presence of God. And one of those things, she said, taking a verse, you know, and, and repeating that and just kind of getting that work and meditating on that, you know. I had that deal this morning about 2 in the morning, uh, this early morning. And um, just one of those things, I had got up and there was something on my heart and I just, and I just, a verse had jumped up and I just I literally was just, just talking, and just saying it. And just because it was something in that that came alive that the Lord was trying to show me about something. And it it was exposed or revealed. Come on.
1: Because now if I would have just buddy oh, getting me up at two in the morning. Give us his day uh, There, that got a lot done. Come on.
0: Come on, really. If you're going to give time, let's give some time. If you're going to give attention,
1: let's give attention. You know, I go my wife? Love you, honey. I'm going to say that's probably not what you
0: call attention, affection. Yeah. See, the point is, is that.
1: Right, it's come on. Well, I'm touching her. Come on, I'm talking about now time spent with God. Sometimes that's about as far as it goes. Oh, man, got so much time.
0: Yeah, but you do go through whatever you go through, and you do your thing. And don't be wrong. We all kind of got a, a rhythm and a thing we like. And but if you don't watch, if you're not being sincere and you're you know true to what. What happens is pretty soon there's no life in it. There's no realness coming out of it. So there's nothing to be a benefit. There's no, you're not leaving with something that, that, can, that can literally eliminate stress in your life. Amen. And, and catapult you to, towards stress-free living. Insight, answers, wisdom, counsel, grace. I mean, all the things that are there. So I think there's a lot of truth uh, in that uh, with what he brought out. And that's what he's trying to address the rest of people. And I just thought it was worthy of looking what Joshua, this was Joshua saying this, the man that, Early on, love to be in the presence of God. And I think there's something to be said about it. Did you get something tonight? Yes. Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Well, praise God. Why do you all stand up let me pray over you. I appreciate you letting me kind of bring out that little piece too. Thank you for that. God is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor once again. It is an honor and a privilege, Lord, to uh, really just to meditate on your words and your principles here. And so, Father, I just thank you for that. Thank you for the insight we got tonight. Thank you for just challenging us maybe a little bit on on maybe our time and attention given towards you. And and uh, Lord, forgive us for the time. Maybe we we're just too caught up with our own things, too caught up with just maybe ourselves and, and things, our own agendas and things. And uh, so, Father, uh, forgive us for those things, and, and, I, and Your Word says that You're faithful and You're just to forgive, and we receive that. We thank You for that, praise God, and cleansing us from all unrighteousness. We receive that, praise God. Uh, but, Lord, it's our heart, amen, uh, to move beyond where we're at, amen, and then, Lord, as we've been talking, you know, maybe live more stress-free, and we, so that means we want to be in the right place at the right time, all the time, amen. We want to make the right choices and the right decisions and and uh, Lord, uh, you know, we're not uh, so caught up in, in just natural things, but Lord, we're, we're more apt to be locked on to your plan and your will and your ways, praise God. And so uh, we give you praise for that, Lord. Thank you for that. And Lord, once again, thank you for these people that they had an ear to hear and a heart to receive tonight. And for that, I give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.